Once upon a time, there was a young boy being groomed to be a shepherd. The older shepherds took him to a field where he was supposed to watch a field of sheep, and they said, if a wolf comes by, shout wolf and we'll come running. Please stop me if you've heard this one before. Of course, the boy shouts wolf many times when there was no wolf to fight off, and the older shepherds become so annoyed by this that when a real wolf actually shows up, they don't believe the young boys cry for help. You know the story as the boy who cried wolf. Today, in light of this episode, I want to propose two questions for you. First, is this story true? Did it actually happen, or has it been modified over the years to better tell the moral of the story? It's hard to say, isn't it? But I'm sure we could probably agree that it has been modified to tell the moral of the story a little clearer. That perhaps the story isn't told to communicate facts as much as it is told to tell a deeper truth. That lies can kill. If that's the case, let me propose one more adjustment to the tale that may be more in line with what we're going to be talking about today. Let's suppose the shepherds took a young boy out to the field to guard the livestock, but instead of a flock of sheep, they left him alone with a pack of wolves. A little boy, helpless, defenseless, among the wolves. If that boy cried wolf, would the shepherds come running? Or would they ignore his cries, saying, of course there are wolves, didn't he see the whole herd of them? It sounds ludicrous to think that shepherds would leave a boy stranded in a field of hungry wolves. Yet, some of us do this every day to people who aren't as privileged as we are to have the wisdom of years and the safety and comfort of our position. And often, when we leave people in the field of wolves with no way out, we become defensive, incredulous, and even insulted when they cry out for help. Didn't they know the world was cruel when we left them out there all alone? What you're about to hear John say is coming from the mouth of a little boy stranded in a field of wolves. You may believe it word for word as fact, you may not, but I suggest that the facts aren't as important as the lesson to be learned through John's account. Unless we forget, John is not the only one we've stranded in a field of wolves. My name is Kyle Bullock, and this is Crashed in Roswell, Survivors in a Misunderstood City. Before we get to today's episode, I want to thank our sponsors, Spaceport Roswell. You've heard me talk about Spaceport Roswell, and I'm just going to reiterate, it is truly an amazing experience. It's a completely all-immersive 3D virtual reality experience that is coming into Roswell, in downtown Roswell, this summer. It is a top-notch experience that you are not going to want to miss if you are in Roswell. Go to spaceportroswellnm.com, check out what they've got coming up, and you will want to get your tickets as soon as they're available. spaceportroswellnm.com. I also want to remind you that much of the show is able to be produced and shared with the world through our online store. Go to crashedinroswell.com and you can check out our store where we have original Crashed in Roswell merchandise, t-shirts, face masks, mugs, you name it. That's crashedinroswell.com. Check out our store and everything you buy there will help this show reach more listeners all across the globe. Okay, on to the episode.
Hi, you've reached Kyle's phone. I'm not currently available, but if you'll leave your name and number, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Kyle, uh, listen, uh, it's John. Uh, I, I found I found some boxes, uh, stuff I wanted to show you. <laughs> Thought you might be interested in uh, a little bit about um, oh, about some history, <laughs> Roswell history. Give me a call back. This call came several weeks after John and I first met. In those weeks, he had completely changed my perspective of my family's history and my view of the community that I live in. I can't say we became close friends. I'm not sure what close friends with John would look like, but I got the feeling that I may be one of John's only friends, and I was glad I was. Hey. Why not? Hey, John. Hey, Kyle. How are you? You okay now? <laughs> Kyle, I'm not sure I've ever been okay since I got back from Nam. <coughs> Just one more setback. Details aren't interesting, I can tell you that. <coughs> I had not seen John since the cemetery two weeks earlier. We had only spoken on the phone, and even on the phone, I knew his health was deteriorating. Seeing him, I knew things were worse than I imagined. He asked me to bring over a nearby box, one of several that now lined the wall of the tiny living room. As I opened it, I saw that this box was filled with news clippings, papers, and reference books with pages torn and marked up. Someone had been doing intense research. Sheesh. Uh, okay. What, what's all this stuff in here? Oh, there's some things my mother kept. You, since she passed away, you've had, yeah. you kept them all these years? Yeah. Why did, why did your mother keep this stuff? Is this keepsakes or what? Well, I'm not sure. I guess oh, she wow. just wanted to keep some things, a reminder of <coughs> what really happened. Whoa. I did... Jeez, there's like, there's, hun there's hundreds or more papers and articles. This is all about UFO stuff. And th that's in all of those boxes? Yeah. How, how, how long did she collect this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's tons of it. Yeah, and a lot of it dates back to when she was working at the base. So, and then how did you get this? She... You, or what? Oh, I, I found the boxes in the closet when we were cleaning out our house. Oh, uh, uh, let's see. Look at this. John handed me a hunk of metal, unbecoming at first glance. If I was in my shop at the jewelry store, I would have assumed this was a bit of scrap metal that needed to be thrown on the melting pile. But as I looked at it, I mean really looked at it, I saw it was much more than a hunk of scrap. One side was smooth discolored from years of sitting in storage, I'm sure. The other side showed the edges of engravings. They looked like the edges of strange symbols, something very foreign to me. What's on the, what is this on the back here? Is this, what, are those symbols? Are there like signatures or? I can't tell you, I wondered about that myself. You don't, you don't know what this is? I don't know, I don't know. Then this is with your mother's stuff? Yeah. Then these symbols have always been back here, and this is just the way you found it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Wow, this is 
incredible. You know, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really not supposed to be showing you all this. The men who came to talk to my mother after the crash made us promise not to say anything. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, the, the, crash, the crash, you mean the, that UFO? The crash, yeah. I thought, I, so first, I thought you didn't want to talk about any of that. <laughs> which I, I, didn't, I didn't want to get into if you didn't want to, to talk about it. Well, I am now. Okay, so, okay, that's good. I mean, okay, so men, men, men came to talk to your mom after the crash, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Couple of men, <coughs> real important looking men, you know, suits and everything. They, <coughs> they showed up one day, asked to talk to both of us, you know. And how, how old were you? You were a kid? Uh, a kid? Uh, yeah, still just a kid, 11, 12 years old, something like that. <coughs> they, uh, they, uh, they asked to talk to both of us, and, and you know, uh, they even took me in another room, <coughs> asked me a bunch of questions. As a kid, they took a kid in another room. <laughs> a kid, like I was some kind of criminal. Uh, but they made it clear <clears throat> that if anyone asked us about the crash, we were supposed to say <clears throat> it was a weather balloon. Gosh, okay, wow. This was a, this was a lot. Um, do you know, did you know these guys? Did you know who these men were? <laughs> well, didn't at the time, but I can still see their faces. So if I if I had a picture of them, you could point you could point to them and say I was a guy. Yeah, but <laughs> that's not the point. It it would do more harm than good. Do it would do harm to point out the the guys that you're talking about? Yeah, <coughs> Kyle. There's another file, and it <coughs> talks about what my mother really saw when she was at work that night. And there were names and details. It, when I saw that file, I, I, I knew that, you see, after serving in Nam, <coughs> I know some things just need to be kept secret. I wasn't sure then, and I'm not sure now, what I think of John's story. As he told me, I remember feeling like I was outside myself, watching this unfold like it was happening on TV. I felt like the least qualified person to corroborate his story or try to piece it together with facts, so I just listened. One thing was for certain. Looking into his eyes as he talked, I knew that John was grabbed by this story. Whatever he was telling me changed him fundamentally, deep, deep down. A file about the UFO crash or things she saw there. What, what you're saying okay, here is what... What you know, if the, if that's out there, it, you're, this is something that could hold leaders at that time accountable to that. Like you should never, a kid should never be put through that. It's, I mean, John, what? I mean, this was this was decades ago. There's, I mean, these guys can't still be you know, around, <laughs> right? I mean, oh God, what, what is, what's the? I don't understand. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Here it is. I picked up this little magazine at the store last week. Now look at the look at the headline right here. Uh, yeah. This is what happens when people start <coughs> talking about the crash. Even people who know something. John, John, that's a, I mean that's just a tabloid. That's that's the stuff. That, <laughs> yeah. That's grocery store garbage, right? But it's just like 
now I'm all over again. You become a character. <laughs> People make fun of you. You know, they're, they're, they're even making fun of you. Or <clears throat> they get mad at you, one of the two. And, and, the, and the people that were involved in what happened back then, they've all faced their fate. <coughs> Deeds have been done, let the dead rest. John, this is, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, this is a lot, a lot to process at one time, you know. And so just, uh, I guess, bear with me. So this file, this file that your mom has, had wherever it is, you're just saying you're going to keep that sealed up. You don't want to share it with anybody. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Not, you don't even want to share it with me. No. <clears throat> what What about when you're gone? Like, are you going to pass it on to somebody? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have anybody to pass it on to. I just, I don't know, destroy it. <laughs> that was hard to hear. That... Whatever it was he was hanging on to might just be destroyed or tossed away for the sake of whatever greater good John felt he was doing. As hard as that was to hear, what I heard next was even harder. Thank you. I'm, I'm thank you for showing me this, all of this. You know, I mean, you know what, what you're saying. All of this is huge, right? And I, I get the sense you do know that. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way... You can keep this. No, no, no. You don't need to know. You don't <laughs> no, need to do no. that. The kind of memories that <coughs> keeps bringing back, I just assume you take it <coughs> and I never see it again. Memory? Like, what What memories are you talking about? Well, <coughs> you see, that that was the reason those men came to the house. That, that piece of metal? Yeah. No, one day, when my mother was at work, I... I was just looking around, snooping around the house. I found it. <coughs> it was in one of her drawers. I, I didn't know what to make of it. <coughs> it sure was different, so I took it. I <laughs> figured my friend Jimmy would like to see it. It's a childhood friend of yours. Yeah. You, and, so you actually showed it to him? Yeah. And, and he thought <coughs> he thought it was something else. <laughs> Writing on it like, it, like it was from outer space, I guess. And, <laughs> That was when it started. He started calling me alien kid. <laughs> it was just a joke at first. <laughs> but he kept doing it <laughs> and kept calling me alien kid. <laughs> really? That, that's where the nickname came from. Yeah, yeah. And oh, turns out Jimmy's dad was one of the higher ups at the base. <laughs> and he heard Jimmy talking about the alien kid. He sure found out pretty quick who he was talking about. Wasn't too long after that, <coughs> those men showed up. <clears throat> well, they told me one of my friends had seen me with it. <coughs> they said we didn't have a right to it and accused my mother of taking it. And, ah, it was a mess. What did your mother, are they accusing your mother? I mean, what did she do about that? Yeah. She did her best to convince the men we didn't have anything like that in the house. <coughs> we didn't. I hid it in a secret place. It wasn't nowhere in the house. So they just talked to you and, and they left. So they, so they left. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> they talked to us real strong. <coughs> and then they left. And then my mother talked to me real strong. 
Uh, my mother and me, we didn't talk much after that. <coughs> Boy, I, I gave that thing back to her. I wanted to forget about it. After those men came, I just wanted to forget about it. Uh, pretty much the same thing today. <coughs> I just want to forget about it so you can have it. <laughs> now that nickname, <coughs> Alien Kid, <laughs> kind of stuck with me. Especially when Hank heard about it, and then your granddad. <laughs> no, then that's what he put on the back of the photo. Is that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they didn't have any idea what was going on. <coughs> it was just a joke to them. And my mother, I don't think she was ever able to forget what she saw. Every time she looked at me, I guess I reminded her of it. <clears throat> I guess uh, that's why I went off to Nam. When I got back, maybe I understood her a little better because uh, there were things that reminded me of what I didn't want to be reminded of. <coughs> some, things, some, things in Nam that you didn't want to Yeah, remember. you know, some kid crying in the street, and I think about those kids I heard crying back there. I don't exactly know, Kyle. I don't exactly know what my mom saw. But I do know what I saw. <coughs> and I never want to see it again. There were a lot of years that got taken from us. You can't get them back. So, yeah, you, you keep that thing. What? Uh, okay. I, I will. I will. Yep. Well, that's it. That's what I wanted to show you. <laughs> uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad. I'm glad you did. Um, so, so thank you. Um, I, I, you know, I wanted I wanted to be careful not to push you on these these things because I didn't I, I really wanted to know about you, but I I wanted to, I just wanted to ask sitting here, why are you showing this stuff to me now? <coughs> well, <coughs> you were the first person I felt comfortable enough to show it to. You haven't, <coughs> you haven't shown this to anybody else. No, nobody. Now maybe it's your family. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because you, <coughs> you went out of your way to treat me like a human being. <coughs> I appreciate that, Kyle. I, I, I appreciate you, John. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. There it all was. The nickname, the secrets, the connection to my family, all of it came full circle. When I left that day, I tried my best to piece together what I had just heard, to make sense of it. I still am trying to make sense of it, but this much I do know. If what John had told me was true, if even half of it was true, then he had been living the last 70 years in service to his country, his community, and his family, knowing these hurtful, painful memories of his past. And he had quietly sat on them, tight-lipped, so that he could spare the country from more hurt. John's life was nothing short of tragic. His father, I discovered, died young of liver failure from drinking too much. His brother died in a motorcycle accident. His mother was shrugged off by her very country and desperately lived to raise a family on her own in spite of that. John saw the horrors of war, the rejection from people after it, and lost his wife prematurely to cancer. No family, no friends, not a man of means. But he had a community, 
one I could tell he deeply loved. And for 70 years, he felt like he was protecting it by keeping his experiences secret. He lived a quiet, meek, simple life of compassion in a world that lived in constant upheaval. John had just told me a story that I wasn't sure how to take. Was it true? Did these things actually happen? Pieces of a great big conspiracy puzzle? Or were these stories just the ravings of a conspiracy theorist and his family? I had to get my arms around this. I had to know if John's story held any water at all, and if so, what did it mean for those of us who heard it? Little did I know that another member of my family would hold a bombshell part of John's story, a part that might just tell me what exactly was in that file his mother and he kept secret. That's next time on Crashed in Roswell. Crashed in Roswell is produced, narrated, and written by me, Kyle Bullock. The theme song is by Brian Hunley. Additional music provided by Alexander Nakarada and So I'm an Islander. Special thanks to David Langford and Ryan Bishop for their help creating this podcast. You can support all of these people and so many more who have helped make this a success by going to crashedinroswell.com where you can check out our latest blog postings as well as buy merchandise from our store where all of the proceeds go to helping get this podcast to more ears all across the world. That's crashedinroswell.com. You can also find us on Facebook or on Twitter at crashedinroswell, crashed the letter in Roswell where you will see updates to the show, information about each episode, and you'll see some extra content that you would not see other places. You can also find out more about me by going to kylerbullock.com. <laughs>